Hey everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci. And Scott Jans. <laughs> this is episode 30, why I infected myself with the norovirus. So when you say that title, you're not really actually saying it because you are saying the title. You're saying it because you actually infected yourself. Oh yeah. With the norovirus. Oh, I actually infected <laughs> myself on purpose. With the norovirus. Wow, you are one crazy chick. <laughs> All right, so guys, on this episode, we are going to explain some um, about what the norovirus is, um, how to prevent it, and then why the hell did I do this? So I think the the biggest reason why for all of our uh, for the people that are listening to this podcast is that you know we love the outdoors, and so we we experience the. The norovirus in the outdoors on the Appalachian Trail. We both travel in our Airstream Argosy, so we've experienced it that way. And when you when you were asked to do a study, um, you jumped at the chance. So uh, absolutely. <laughs> so absolutely this is really cool, um, and hopefully we're going to give you some really good, valued information on on what it's like and what you went through, because most people don't actually. Inv- infect themselves with a virus yeah why would you want to most, don't people, we're, most we're gonna, people don't want we're to. we're gonna find out we are gonna find out so that. um we're gonna kind of go through this like kind of like an interview format where i'm just gonna ask you questions and we'll we'll kind of see how that we'll kind of see how that works yeah well let's start with um kind of talking about the norovirus so and what, it, and, what and, and kind of what the yeah. norovirus is so okay. to kind of clue people in to if you haven't heard of it um so the norovirus is is pretty much a gastrointestinal virus and it is it affects over 20 million people per year um it is pretty much known as aka the stomach bug or um the cruise ship illness um you know it has multiple names but um the virus simply is, is is you are getting similar signs to that of a flu, only it's virus related. Um, so you've got, you know, excruciating vomit. You've got, um, you know, nausea, stomach cramps, uh, diarrhea that you don't even want to describe. <laughs> you know, and so those are your basic things. Fun um, times. Good times. Good, good, yeah, good times. <laughs> Real good times. Um, but, you know, your symptoms, the, the good news is is that the symptoms are pretty brief. They only last um, about one to two days. Um, and, and really, you don't even show, you can be infected. You don't show signs of having this virus, um, you know, for about 12 to 48 hours after you're infected. So you don't even really know you have it until it, it springs up on you and you have it. <laughs> so who conducted who conducted the research? I mean, like how did you become part of the the, the clinical research study? It was Emory University, right? So it was with Inter- uh, Emory University Healthcare Clinical Research. In Atlanta, Georgia, In for Atlanta. people that wanna know. Yes, absolutely. And so they asked you to like, hey, would you drink a virus and be part of our study, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much that's how it occurred. And I mean, Which you most, don't get asked that every day, I you, guess. No, you don't. And um, most people would be like, oh, hell no. You crazy? Right, right, right. <laughs> and walk away. No. But I actually was, I actually jumped at the opportunity because I saw it as an opportunity to learn. But you witnessed it last year on the trail. So give some people some background on the 300 miles you did in the spring, which we have podcasts on. We do. We do. Um, so... 
I, the reason I jumped at the opportunity to actually participate in this in this study is because I saw it firsthand and I saw it affect people that I was hiking with uh, directly and both indirectly. Um, I walked um, 300 miles northbound on the Appalachian Trail um, and within the first 30 miles, I couldn't believe how many people had to get off the trail to, because of this illness and it and it and it it took them off a lot of people never even came back to the trail because the intensity um of how this affected them just was enough for them to say I'm done and I think with the knowledge that that I learned both in the study and that I've developed by actually talking directly to these researchers, directly to the doctors that have been studying this virus now for, for years. I gathered information that can be extremely useful to hikers um, to, to where it's not enough to scare them off the trail. And I think that's so important. It's like knowledge is, is everything. Well, I know last year when you know, I was kind of shadowing you for a while and and, and uh, providing some drop boxes and things like that. I remember um, staying at one of the outfitters that was on the uh, on the trail, and they were bleaching the bunkhouse. That's how yep. bad the norovirus got last year on the trail. Right. So, um, so yeah. So this is really good information for 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 that group and for our travel group and for the people that go car camping and, and things like that. So, so I'm dying to know what was it like <laughs> so okay so here here's the thing Let, here's the scenario you've got the glass of water and they're like just drink it <laughs> so yeah. what is going what's going through your your mind when there's this glass of which is myth number one a lot of people think well you can't get the norovirus in water you drank water to get the norovirus i did i drank distilled water uh with a live an actively live dose of um, specifically the strain uh, snow mountain virus. Um, it had actually come from um, a woman uh, in 1976. Oh, that was nice of her to give you. Yes. Um, it's nice that... to know that she can still spread the virus <laughs> all these years later. She was infected. And they found that virus like in seven in the 70s, right? Yeah, it's 76. Yeah, that's nice. In yeah, Colorado. Yeah, that's nice. And it broke out at a ski resort. Well, yeah. anyway, she gladly donated. It's a virus that keeps on living. <laughs> so, yeah, um, and it, it does still keep living. And it lived in the distilled water in which I actually partook in. Now, their study was designed ultimately medically to, you know, find down the road a way to help cure it, uh, you know, or to antidote. Treatable. Yeah, yeah antidote. treatable. Right, right, right. So, I mean, this is an ongoing research for sure, and this is just one phase of the study. But um, so you sit in there, the glass of water is yeah, there. You drink it. I do. <laughs> I do drink Did it you, now. Like, what was like, it? What, what, it was pretty. It was pretty anticlimactic. I actually have to say because, you know, I had been briefed on what would right. happen. And I had, you know, and there was so much like buzz and excitement about, oh, my gosh, you're going to drink the virus. And I'm like, OK, that's cool. I'm down with that. And then I have I Which have would like suck if they had a going away party for you with you right after you drink the water. You're right. like, what? well, they did actually. <laughs> so, so so I have three people standing around me and they were all very serious about this because yeah. I mean, this is like their, their moment to shine. Right. right. 
and everything has to be recorded and like they come methodically. in like in, in hazmat suits well, or anything like that. It kind of felt like that, even though it wasn't as scary as a hazmat oh suit. They gosh. were very well protected I because probably start crying right there. <laughs> so I have three people staring at me, um, all very kind and considerate, explaining how this would go down. I had to drink three cups of water. Um, uh, one had the virus. Um, the others actually had something to absorb my, um, my stomach, um, the lining of my stomach. So I had to drink that, which it pretty much just tasted like, like really watered down baking soda. Right, so it was, right, right. it wasn't exactly the most exciting moment of my life. So, so you're there, you drink the water. I do. And then it's over and they all shuffle out as and though nothing had happened. Out, and then you're thinking... Oh, I mean, <laughs> it, what is it like? You know, you're in, you're in the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. So you're in the hospital. It's like you know, you're pretty comfortable. Well, right? I'm in a gown. You're in a gown. My ass you're is pretty, exposed. Your ass is exposed <laughs> to me. You're pretty comfortable, and time goes by, right? Yeah. And so, what were you, were you thinking that you're going to get the virus? Like, um, like it was going to come like knocking on a door and gently coming in? Was it going to be like, well, I might might feel a little weird or like how did you know when did you know well wow, see, it's so, here so so that's the difference um between you know being part of a study where you actually have um an anticipated target it's a controlled date. environment exactly extremely right. controlled um versus being out on the trail and you having no knowledge whatsoever and it hitting you. So in my particular instance, you know, I I was anticipating it coming. I knew it was coming. But what I what was the most alarming aspect to me, which is the most alarming aspect that I want to give the knowledge to hikers is that when when it hit me, I I guess I okay, so I guess I kind of thought in my mind Oh, I'll have warning signs. I'll kind of like, it's going to kind of like gradually sneak up on me and I'll, I'll kind of know I'm getting it's sick. It's going to gently, gently. Just, <laughs> because viruses yeah, so gently yeah, appear. So, it's going to swoon you for a while. It's going to whisper in your ear. Get ready. Get ready. I'm it's coming. coming. But it wasn't at all like that. It was instant. It was without warning. And I, I, I was so caught off guard and I... I mean, I I had to literally rush and barely even making it to the bathroom. Um, And I just, I had absolutely no warning that it was coming and and I knew it was coming. And it just hit me and it hit me hard and it hit me fast. And it was every five to 15 minutes. And it was just constant, constant out of both ends. It was, it was lovely. (laughs) But, you know, but, but I think, what shocked me the most and and it's so funny because i'm 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 in the hospital i'm like i'm so sick i'm so deathly sick right and and i know i have this like whole no regrets motto i'm in my head i you know i definitely am like prepared for it mentally but what i was alarmed at is like the reality of something like that hitting you so quickly on the trail and you have absolutely no time to prepare for it. You wouldn't be prepared it for it at all. At all. Like, think about being in your in your tent trying to unzip that zipper fast enough and to get out. And that's how fast it comes. And that's how fast it comes. Now, everybody is different and everybody reacts differently. But a large majority of people 
based on the study, it hits them pretty quickly without warning. And and that's what it's going to happen out on the trail. And so it's it's pretty or, eye-opening. Or outdoors at all. Whether yeah. You're, whether you're car camping, you're camping, whether you're traveling in an RV. Yeah. It, it's going to hit you, boom. Instantaneous. <clears throat> Instantaneously. And you don't have a lot of time to react. And, and I mean, let me just put into perspective, like, you're backpacking and you're out on the trail and it hits you fast and it let's say you're you're the lucky duck and it doesn't hit you as instantly as it hit me and and hundreds of other people but let's say you have a little warning you still don't have enough warning to either properly dig your hole um to be able to go to the restroom uh you, you may not have anything to you know just you you may not have access to a privy so it's 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 pretty alarming how how quickly the the virus can onset the symptoms and now all of a sudden you have produced a you know a breeding ground for contaminating everybody else because you're not prepared for it and i think i think above all that was probably the most like alarming thing that i learned from the study not the most alarming facts and and preventability but the most alarming like reality of having experienced it for myself Mm -hmm. because that's what's happening out there so so uh, you know based on so based on what you've learned Mm -hmm. with uh you know being in the study what are some of the things that you know for sure looking back on your hike your 300 mile hike on the at what do you what can you see now in hindsight how this virus can be spread yeah so that's (laughs) the thing is um you know when because there was a specific shelter last year (laughs) yes there was that the appalachian trail conservancy put a a warning out and the the great smoky mountain national park put a warning out on these shelters because the norovirus was was spreading and people were getting sick so now in hindsight knowing what you know now after you know like a a team of uh researchers are telling you yeah this is how it's spread this is how it's done right what what how do you see people getting it so that's a really good question because i think that's really important um you know it's it's really interesting because let me just make note that when information was given to the hikers either word of mouth or through bulletins or whatnot the information is not informative enough to help prevent the spreading of it it's just hey wash your hands hey hey guys yeah. it's coming for you beware yeah why, you know, it, wash no, your while hands. the bulletins i saw just like like just make sure your right. hands are clean and so it's not informant enough to actually like prevent it from stopping so that it doesn't continue on so but anyway to answer your question you know you have especially in when you're you know northbound through hikers on the appalachian trail are are conglomerated by the masses at shelters. I mean, it's very social aspect of the trail to stay at the shelters, to be at the shelters, to to converse with each other and kind of, I mean, it's it's like shop talk, but it's trail mm-hmm. talk. And, and that right there is like ground zero for contamination. You have everybody using a privy. Uh, you have absolutely 
everybody touching those bare cables. Um, anything that you touch. Sharing utensils. Sharing, exactly. Even picking up the trail book in the shelter to sign in which actually they tell you you need to do this to be able to clock your but don't you think the biggest myth though so like when i see a bulletin and says hey man make sure your hands are clean right away i think oh well i'm good i brought antibacterial soap with me right well i got bad news for you i'm gonna be throwing up aren't i (laughs) yeah you're you're (laughs) gonna be doing more than throwing up. you might be getting the virus so why because so okay so Okay, so antibacterial um, hand sanitizer is one of the most common things that a backpacker will take with them. They're small, they're They're, packable. They're lightweight, they're easy to resupply. But that does almost nothing. (laughs) Now, it may kill one or two particles, three or four particles, but it only takes one, it takes 100 particles to get a person ill. But 100 particles is extremely limited number for how many particles actually are in the are actually the virus, in the contaminated. Right. So, like, let's say I shake your hand, or let's say I, I grab your spoon, or let's say I touch the trail book, or I use the privy. All of a sudden, you have thousands of particles on thousands you. So you are particles. getting you are getting the virus if there has been a virus touching those sources. Um, so I think I don't think I answered your question directly i guess i did but but so i i think i well, i would be hesitant let, let, yeah. i'll give you a scenario i i'm 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 backpacking i've planned months and months to hike the appalachian trail or through hike the appalachian trail right? oh yeah or you're I'm pumped a day, for it or i'm a day hiker i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna hike it okay yeah so i go out there i get to a shelter i have to go to the bathroom Right? Yeah. So I go to the privy. It's loaded with toilet paper everywhere, right? Yeah. So it's hard for me to actually <laughs> pick a spot, first of all, to where I want to squat, right? <laughs> right. So and I you squat know, and I go, I go number two. The amount of people using those privies is unbelievable right? and they can't clean them fast so enough. So I go number two, but I'm like, well, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll put a little antibacterial soap or I just, I'll just kind of wipe my hands hands. off yeah with the antibacterial but i'm not going to do i'm just going to use my antibacterial soap you know and now i'm going to go to the shelter but i'm going to hang my food so i touch the bear pole right you've just contaminated the bear pole okay now i'm going to go sign i'm going to sign the trail book yeah you know and so i've contaminated the trail book right yep and so now i go to the picnic table right and i start cooking Mm -hmm. and i touch my utensils and someone else another hiker comes in and says oh man that looks good man can i taste that oh yeah absolutely and i give them my spoon and um they taste that um and so you probably infected about 15 people just now so i guess the (laughs) the the key point to this is the solution then and that and that's how you get it now a lot of myth is that well you can't get it from water but you can get it from water and here's the thing water filters filter bacteria right they do not filter filter virus so um and i i don't mean to kind of do my little rant here but the thing (laughs) is with these privies and the appalachian trail and outhouses and bathrooms and everything like that it is a haven haven for virus now if you think about 70 people a day in the springtime hiking the Appalachian Trail and pooping out a privy and right and it rains and all that water kind of kind of moves down into the creek because 
you have 30 or 40 people that just didn't want to go poop by the privy. They which, wanted to poop by the water source. Which is more common than you could imagine. A lot of common more. Yeah. And so, you know, now right after that, you're the unlucky soul that is going to go get some water. Right. And so you have a better chance. Now, the odds of that are, are very slim. But if it's but we've had some dry, very, very dry summers here in northern Georgia and on the Appalachian Trail has uh, many times been in drought conditions. And so there's exactly. not a lot exactly. of water trickling down to these things. Exactly. So if you've contaminated a, a, some of that water source, you're going to get the virus by well, drinking let's water. let's put it into perspective. Something that or a lot of people don't know. Or, so, or here's the biggest thing on the trail. Like, hey man, I brought a little whiskey on the trail and uh, right. I'm gonna give you a little shot of whiskey. Oh man, that's good. Well, you're drinking the virus if so, they are contaminated. Exactly, so it it, it, is in, it is in your saliva. So it's a, it's a, it stays in your GI system and it can only be transferable through poop. 48, 24 to 48 hours after you are done with your symptoms. Now, keep in mind that not everybody who receives, who is is infected with the norovirus actually shows signs. So you can be a carrier still carrying this virus around thinking you're a-okay. Right. So, you know, and, um, and, 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 and to put into perspective how long the virus can stay active on an inanimate object is two days, up to two days, it can stay active and and effectively infect another individual. Two days after, you've already moved on up north up the trail. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons why, um, you know, when, you know, the, the norovirus kind of spreads up north as the bulk of people, you know, uh, specifically in the springtime, are heading north on the Appalachian Trail. I mean, it's you're just carrying it from one shelter yeah. to the other, to the other, to the next. And the herd is kind of, as it's moving north, you're actually spreading. And now here's the one thing that I was really, really shocked at. Um, and I'll let you kind of say that, because I was wrong. I would have thought the norovirus would have been more prevalent in the summertime, but it's not. When is the norovirus most when do most people get it? In the wintertime. Uh, In the cold, winter cold, time. cold seasons. Right. Which it kind of blows your mind a little bit. Because right? you're thinking, ah, cold is going to kill the virus, right? Right, right. But, it, but, it, but it doesn't. So, and but I'm not why? talking about... Well, but why the cold? Why do most people get it more in the in the winter or in the cold in springtime? And remember, in the springtime, guess what? You're high in elevation. It's cold. It's cold, right. right? So, um, spring is actually... So, late winter, spring are actually some of the most ideal... Um, Which makes sense because that's when because everyone that's when down. everyone's hiking the trail. But why? So but okay, why? so they don't have and I, and I will and I will say this is directly from the researchers' mouths is they don't have a very clear understanding as to why it's more prevalent in the winter months versus uh, summer months, except for just like the flu virus, just like anything, their immune systems are, are, lower, down. are down, and so think about being on the trail. You know, you're already dehydrated. You go into the trail. You remain dehydrated for your entire thing. Generally speaking, you're dehydrated. You um, don't have the proper nutrition in your body because, you know, you may or may not understand nutrition or you may or may not be able to achieve nutrition. Um, and so your your immune system is lowered. So you're going to 
be so much more susceptible to receiving it. So, okay, so he, I guess, you know, what what are the tips? Like what, what specifically can um, hikers, Appalachian Trail hikers, whether it's day hikers, weekend hikers, um, people that are gonna go car camping, people that are traveling, around the country in their RVs, what specifically can they do to give themselves a better than average chance of not getting it? Well, wash your hands with soap and water. That is like the, the that is like the number one. I mean, you've heard that since childhood, wash your hands. But truly that is going to help. But I will give you something better that you may not know, and that's bleach. Now bleach is the the 100% effective method of killing every single particle of this virus going forward. So, you know, it's really changed personally for me. The entire experience has has altered the way I look at sanitation in the backcountry. Um, you know, it's definitely, I've always taken soap and water, but I will assure you that I would never go back out again without having a few... Um, a few bleach wipes. Few bleach yeah. wipes, and 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 of course, I'm gonna research where to find them, and we found them, and they're lightweight, they're packable, they're easy, and it's pretty cool. I mean, to be able to throw those in your pack and have them handy and and use them, and the amount of time it takes, the amount of time it takes to take one of those little bleach wipes off, right? Yeah. Make sure your hands are clean if you're gonna touch a privy door. I, I'd probably wipe it down. Yeah. If you're gonna hang your food on a bear cable, I would cable, not sit on a privy without if, using one. If you're gonna if you're gonna hang your food on a bear cable, wipe it down. Yeah. If you're gonna go sleep in the shelter, wipe your area down. I mean, it for the for, you're gonna set up the picnic cable, maybe just kind of like wipe it down for the for the amount of time it takes for you to do that. Um, it's nothing compared to a week in the hospital with an IV in your arm with them trying to rehydrate you. And that's the biggest and, and, you know, thing. The, it's, it's a matter of convenience. Yeah. I mean, if you know, and we witnessed this. You know, we witnessed yeah. people getting off the trail last year. It was it was truly unbelievable. Hitchhiking the in a town, yeah. puking, and they're yeah. doubled over because yeah. where are you going to go? Yeah. You know, you, you are completely helpless. And, you know, even if you're car camping and if you have to use a porta potty out in the back, if they even had a music concert, anything, if they have porta potties, I mean, I, I, I would probably, if I didn't want to get sick, now if I want to get sick, who cares? <laughs> you know, but if I didn't want to get sick, I probably bring a couple bleach wipes with me, depending on where I was, whether you're car camping, whether you're, I mean, you know, if you look at the RV world, in the travel world, you know, where do you stop the most in your community? You're going to stop at a rest area off the off the highway, off the expressway. Right. Well, guess what? You've just touched <laughs> everything else. Two hundred fifty thousand other people have touched. Right. Right. You know, or even if the janitor comes in once a day, if the state actually has a cleaning crew <laughs> in that rest area, well, you're getting maybe once a day, once a week, maybe in some states once a year. And so you're getting out of your travel trailer. You're going to get out and say, I'm going to use the rest area. Well, guess what? I'd probably want to bring a bleach wipe. And, you know, people don't necessarily like the smell of bleach. And everyone's hesitant to put it on your, your skin directly. But but really, I, 
you put it on you put it well, on your it skin. It beats the other kind of smell. I know. <laughs> you're you're not kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. Right, I still right, have right. nightmares about sure. it. <laughs> I have nightmares. I wasn't even part of the study. <laughs> but you know, no, seriously, and in, in in all seriousness, um, you know, the norovirus is something that happens and definitely hits the trail every single year. There are outbreaks and. There's not enough information about how to prevent it, more or less to prevent it from happening to you. You can't prevent it from starting, but well, you can prevent it from spreading. And I would argue the point that the reason why is that, you know, like um, the CDC puts out prevention um, packets and, and prevention uh, um, literature all the time, right? Well, what they fail to, to kind of take into account is that um, they're putting out information thinking that you're home or your kids are in daycare. You're in a controlled or, environment. Or you're, 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 um, because seniors are a lot more acceptable to the norovirus, you have, you're in a nursing home. But what, what they don't consider is that there's fecal matter everywhere <laughs> out in the wilderness, okay, you, the, specifically you, you at these it, AT shelters. Exactly. You take this virus in the most unsanitary of situations. Right. So I think the CDC, if if we took one person, our goal should be taking one person from the CDC. Out backpacking. Out backpacking. No, the it does, so actually the really, really unique and I think and they cool would thing. change their, I think they would change everything. Well, it's funny you say that because, you know, I spoke to the doctor multiple times a day. He kept coming in to check on me during the study. And and I was upfront with him about why I'm doing this study, you know, because I, perhaps it's for their records. But I was like, look, I actually I'm kind of excited about getting this, which it, I'm pretty sure he was ready you've to put me to a mental Ariane for her. To, you've got to understand her. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't I don't know where my mind goes sometimes, but but no, seriously, I. I was so excited to share with him. Um, I said, you know what? I was out on the Appalachian Trail this past spring. It hit It hit like a flood that was so uncontrollable. And he was so, because he's a doctor and he's involved around this like more controlled environment, he's, he's, he's looking at things more from like a thousand perspective mass environment, like cruise ships and daycare centers and nursing homes. And, and I brought to light the trail and he so genuinely was shocked and he goes, huh, I guess we better start looking at backpackers, huh? And he started asking me questions and it started this like amazing dialogue about, hey, these are unsanitary conditions out there. You don't have flush toilets. You don't have a sink to wash your hands. Sometimes you don't have rain for months. Exactly. And so it's like... There's, there is, there's a different world out there that's being affected by the norovirus and it's pretty intense. And he was just, he was very, he was very receptive to listening to it. And it's pretty cool to say, hey, bring that communication back out to the trail because it's hitting there and it's just as bad as a cruise ship or a nursing home and these people need education. And so it was pretty cool to converse with him and feel as though I've I've helped the outdoor community in what minor way that I could. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty exciting. Well, it's really cool, man. Yeah. yeah it's really cool. I, I'm glad <laughs> you went through that because the information you brought back really was invaluable to 
I think to the outdoor community, the people that travel, and I learned a lot of stuff from it. Um, I think the biggest myth was that I didn't think I could ever get it from drinking water. Oh, you can. (laughs) And I didn't think I could ever get it um, from if if I had brought in a bacterial soap. I, I never... I never thought how much that was ineffective. Right. Uh, hand sanitizer. Hand, hand yeah. sanitizer, yeah. right. So. I mean, I was like the guy stealing the alcohol wipes from the restaurants. Yeah, well, it's not really help And it does not help. It and doesn't. I just, so. I just didn't know that. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. This podcast is specifically for um, our email subscribers. We really, really, really really thank you for all the support that you give us we really hope this information um, is helpful is is a value to you and if we can change one person's attitude about leave no trace and taking that seriously no matter what you do no matter whether you're car camping no matter whether you're you're traveling across the country in your rv whether you're hiking the appalachian trail whatever trail um, you know, we have to do better as far as, you know, making sure we're, we're, we're practicing good hygiene habits outdoors. Yeah, it's, it's really shed, it's really shed a lot of new light for me. And it's, it's something that I, that I hope that each of you kind of take a look at, um, you know, for for when you're packing, yeah, packing absolutely. up. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of uh, do a YouTube video of this, and we're gonna put it on our YouTube channel, the Backpacker TV. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'd really, really love it. We and we love the emails that you guys are sending us. Um, thank you so much for listening to the show, and we will uh, we will see you back next Thursday. See you on the trail. See you on the trail. Absolutely, <laughs> trust the trail provides you everything. Sick you need. free. <laughs> All right, bye, bye you guys. guys.